Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com This is the Last Minute Blues Podcast with Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango, and former Blues defenseman Jamie Rivers. Powered by Together Credit Union. Empowering you to achieve your financial goals. It is the Last Minute Blues Podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. The boys are back uh, after, uh, you know, it was just Jamie and I last week, which was fine. But Jeff, we missed your Oh man, I missed doing it too. It just wasn't the same. It was not the same. I can't believe you guys did it without me. But, uh, All right. I'm sure it was a train wreck. So let's let's just get this out of the way. <laughs> it probably was, truthfully. No, it was fantastic. Right. I listened. Let's get this out of the way. Kind of. All right. There is no reason for anyone to have anything really pissy to say about the game last night. Maybe that, let me rephrase. Don't they lost six to two. I understand. You're you happy can, with that? No, I understand you could be unhappy with that very much, but you're coming back to St. Louis with the series tied, a game apiece. You knew this wasn't going to be an easy go round. Right. You know this Minnesota team isn't ready to pack it in. So I, I just think it, we're coming back kind of where we needed to come back take, to, take right? A, take a deep breath and know that you split there. You know, uh, a, a series like this, a lot of times you'll have a, a clunk. Maybe that was it. I, and you got it behind you, and really, now you have home home ice advantage. The, the big question here is the big issue. I can't believe what I'm hearing. The, hold on. I cannot Wait, believe Wait, can we you just let us build it let, up before let, let you it, tear it down? Right, exactly. Right, before, we, before you, you smash us. I think the big issue here, Jeff, before we bring Jamie into the conversation, sure. yeah. is the injuries to the, the D. Here. Yeah. Uh, the, the injuries to the D could obviously be something that changes up the, the series. All right. Jamie? Hi. Hello. Welcome Hi. to the podcast. No, I'm just, I, I mean. We're nailing know, it, aren't we? No, we come in here all the time, and you guys are, you know, bleeding blue, and Donnie, you know, he wants to go to Nashville and just fight everybody, <laughs> and he hates the, you know, still do, man. We're okay with a six to two loss. Like, oh, it's okay. Oh, we did good. Everybody gets a ribbon. No, what the heck? No. That's not it. Nobody said anything about ribbons. No, but you know what? I'm going to take. I'm. I got Get something him. to say about Get this. Get him. So, because if I would have came in here and went, 
Oh my God, six to two. What are we going to do? This is awful. Sky is falling. You would have done the same thing in reverse to yeah. me right then and there. I know so you're I, don't know that I, I would have at least appreciated the passion. But, dude, you know? but listen, dude, the first period sucked. It was yeah. horrible. It was brutal. But outside of that first period, I don't feel like the difference in the score was really six to two. The yeah. thing that I hated about last night is that, you know, I get up super early, so I and it was an eight thirty game, so oh, yeah. I said, All right, first period, give me a reason to stay up for the second period. And they did not. They did not. No, no. Yeah, those start times suck. It's terrible. Uh shame on you, NHL, for doing that. But anyways, um no, in all seriousness, guys, uh it is what it is. You you get you go on the road against a team like that who has been one of the best teams in the NHL at home, and in their last 16 games at home, they were 14-1-1, and one, and you got a victory in game one. It was, a, it was a good victory. You took advantage of situations specifically on special teams. Then you handed it back yesterday. You know, I felt like the first period they were dragging a Buick out there. They just did, did not have the speed. They weren't on their toes. Minnesota was playing better hockey. Uh, but then halfway through the second period, I felt it change. And although the score is not a clear indication of you know how the game necessarily went, because you look at 6-2, to your point, Jeff, if you just woke up this morning and you're like, oh, I went to bed last night, it was you know one nothing or 2-1, or I got 6-2, what yeah. the heck happened? The score isn't necessarily a direct representation of how it went. I thought the Blues played a very solid second half to that game, um, and with any luck at all, could have squeezed, squeaked out a victory. Problem is they spent way too much time in the box. Way too much time on the penalty kill, and yeah. Minnesota figured out a few things, and you just can't do it. You can't do that. Yeah, and that's and that's one of the one of the things that I wanted to talk about was your post game tweets, and that's one of the things that you put there, which is discipline, stay out of the box. And before we start talking about that, apparently there was uh, uh, the officiating was a bit of a topic today. I, listen, can I can I just can I just throw something in here real quick yeah. for Jamie? Yeah, I don't want to be mad about anything. But I don't understand why it's the playoffs, and we're calling a penalty every 15 friggin' seconds. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that some of those aren't penalties. I understand that. But, Jamie, I feel like in these first two games, for both teams, the refs have made a lot of calls that did not, I shouldn't say a lot, but calls that didn't necessarily need to be made. There's some that are irrelevant, and that's the ones that I don't like, is that where there's not even a play there at all. It's not a goal-scoring opportunity, and maybe there's a little hold of a stick, or maybe there's an extra little grab of a hand, and it... Let that go. Let that go. Yeah. Uh, you know, if someone's getting run from behind into the boards or get slashed across the face or something like that, you call it. If they have a breakaway or a goal-scoring opportunity, you trip them or you hook them, you have to call that. A lot of this stuff, man, I'm looking for the calls. I'm like, geez, that's really what he called? That's and you know the what, penalty? Yeah. And you guys know what's going to happen. You know it's not going to be like this. No, they're going to tuck the whistles three. away. And this is what I tried to explain um, yesterday on the fast lane is, the inconsistency of it becomes frustrating for the players because you'll have f- first two games like this, and then halfway through a series when it's a, like a tight series, let's say the Blues and the Wild are you know, four games in and it's two all. All of a sudden, the referees are like, hey, you know what? Let's let the players sort this so one you, up. So but you then don't it changes. know what you can and can't get away with. Correct. Then. All of a sudden, it changes on you, and you're like, oh, well, what now? And so what was a penalty in game two is no longer a penalty in game five. And that's when frustrations mount, and that's when craziness can happen. I think we covered this already, and you answered this, but is it the same officiating crew for all the games or no? It's not. And here's I'm torn with that, okay? Because one half of me wishes it was just the same crew. You know, they know everything that's been going on throughout right. the whole series. It's like they've got the whole book in front of them. 
But then part of me goes, that could be bad, too. Because let's say a guy like David Perron, who can be annoying out there sometimes, even for the officials. What if that crew just gets sick of David Perron by Game 3, and then by Game 5 and 6 they're calling everything on him, and they're like looking for reasons to crap on David Perron? Right. So then I flip to the other side where I'm like, okay, a fresh crew every night. But then the fresh crew every night, it's almost like trying to catch up on the book, but you're six chapters in. And you're trying to speed read through it and figure out what the heck is going on here because they do have notes on the games. I know the referees that watch some of the games and they, they look at the score sheet. But it's just, I don't know, it's one half dozen of the other for me either sticking with the same crew or a fresh set of eyeballs every game. Either way, right now, I don't feel that it's working early. I mean, all the games are being called kind of all over the place. Do you guys agree that this is the hardest professional sport to officiate or not? Oh, boy. I, I feel like they're all really gosh dang difficult. But yeah. this is moving so quickly. Yeah, to me, it just seems it's more difficult because of the speed. The speed and the lack of referees, right? So if you look at the NFL, I think the NFL is really difficult because you got the line of scrimmage and guys are grabbing and uh, punching and kicking mm-hmm. and doing all, so- there all sorts of things. And you, But you've got several referees all over the place. You've got the line judge, the side judge, the back judge, the umpire. Like, you've got all the people ever that, and they see an infraction, out comes the flag. Where in hockey, you've just got the two guys, and the speed of the game consistently is very, very fast. And sometimes it's hard to, it's hard to decipher if it's something that's done on purpose, accidental. Like uh, Tyler Bozak yesterday, they got called for a trip on Tyler Bozak. The guy kind of clipped him, but then Bozak went to put his skate down right. and like kind of toe-picked and tripped and fell, and the referee called a penalty. When you look at it in real time, it looks like, oh, my God, what a trip. Good call. You look at it in slow motion, like, oh, boy, he really didn't trip him. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like it might have been happening to Falk a little bit last night with that referee crew. Well, that's or kind no. of the guy I was referencing when he called for a holding. He, you know, He pins him up against the wall, which you're supposed to do, and the guy tries to to shimmy down the wall, and so for a split second, it's kind of a hold because then Justin Falk, like, readjusts, and he comes back again with, like, the the palm shove into the boards. But for that one split second, it, it, it is technically a hold, but he releases it, and the referee's, like, calling it. It's craziness. I don't know. I didn't like the calls. All right, so then back to what we talked about from the get-go. Mm-hmm. The whole defensive situation now. We had Nick Letty, who was not able to play last night, Robert Bortuzzo, and I do not – want to make light of it at all that looked absolutely horrible i don't know where he got the puck to the face but i think they said it was somewhere near his eye yeah it's probably the orbital bone God. so you could just assume that bobby bortz isn't going to be able to play how does this defense make it through man with with callie rosen with with mikola who man they were just crushing that dude by the end of the game last night he looked a little limpy too well, here's a couple things. Let's 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 break it down one by one here. Otherwise, we're going to end up all over the place. You're right, um, which is where I where, where, where it, when I'm in charge, it goes all over the place. Thank so goodness. that's no <laughs> voice of reason is here, Jamie Rivers. <laughs> yeah, I never thought I'd ever hear that. By the way, uh, so he isolate Robert Portuzo. Um, yeah, it's got kind of a freak play. He goes down to block the shot. Ordinarily, you know, like we didn't play with visors. When I didn't play with a visor, and I played and I block shots all the time. There's an art to it. And Bortz is one of the best at it. He turned his head a little too late on this one. Is When you get down, especially in front of the goalie, you're kind of in no man's land. Uh, you drop down, and you got to turn your head. And, you know, he would have got that in the back of the head, and that would have sucked too. Trust me. Don't, don't get me wrong. But he turned his head a little too late, and he got it up in the orbital bone. Having the visor on and all that probably helped him a little bit. 
Uh, I've had several pucks to the face, and it sucks. It just it doesn't feel very good. You know what's scary to me as a consumer and as a fan of hockey is a guy, especially when it's a guy as tough as him that blocks shots for a living, gets up and skates off right away. That you're damn right. Something's wrong. Yeah, something's wrong. But it is also a good sign that he got up and skated off. So uh, to me, it's something to do. Maybe his jaw, his orbital bone, somewhere in that area. Um, I guess time will tell. We'll figure it out. Uh, And then as far as the the rest of the decor goes, you know, with, with Nick Letty. Hopefully that's a day-to-day thing. Chief says it's day-to-day. Uh, you desperately need that guy back in your lineup. Callie Rosen did okay. You're fine. Nico Mikola, the big fin, I thought he was okay. Uh, I didn't I did not like his game. What he needs to do, though, is just snap. He needs to just snap one time. Like, the game is out of control. Last night at one point, it was like 4-5-2, 4-1, 5-2. I forget the exact dynamic of it. And guys are still running them, and they're, like, shoving them to the ice and getting in his face. Dude, that's when you just turn and you make an example of someone. It doesn't have to be a tough guy. In fact, it's better if it isn't a tough guy. Grab somebody that's kind of like unassuming and just beat the wheels this, off them. This sounds like how you're supposed to uh, behave in uh, G-Pop. It, well, know? it is, but it is, Jeff. You know what I mean? Out, out in the yard. If somebody comes after you, you got to throw or else they're going to keep coming after you. just keep you. pushing, right? I mean, it took Chris Pronger a while to, to get there. It did. It, it's Listen, it it's a confidence thing, and it's an uneasy feeling sometimes to think, okay, I could get my ass kicked in front of all these people in the building. Oh, and all the people that are watching on TV. And, oh, getting your ass kicked does suck sometimes. Like, right. you feel it. You don't always feel it, but sometimes you feel it. I, I honestly, I remember early on in Chris Pronger's time here, at least, he was considered soft for how big he is. I remember making the jokes, oh, man, you... You uh, check Pronger's mom once or twice. He may come after you. And by the time he was done, he was one of the hardest guys to play. Well, with. yeah, he became one of the meanest guys. And that happened, I think it was 95, 96, that playoff run we had. And, you know, he, he had this coming out party and he figured out that he's six foot six. And, you know, he put on some size, too. It comes with confidence uh, it, when you build up some strength and some, some weight to you. But Mikel has got to he's got to push back, man. He's got to. Uh, right now, it doesn't matter. He, he, they're treating him like a human pinata, and he's got to push back. And he's a tough guy. He can. It's just he's not used to it. He's not. It's not his first n- nature to be like go after somebody. It's, he is aggressive. Go after and hit them and close them out. But then, like when it comes time for like that moment where you just rip someone's head off, he doesn't go there. And it's not because he doesn't want to. He just it's just unfamiliar to who, him. Who, right? Who's in charge of telling him to to do this? That's a tough part. Like back in the day, the coach would be like, hey, you better figure it out, man. You know, but you can't do that now. You can't yeah. go tell a guy, hey, go fight. Go put yourself in harm's way. Right. You know, like uh, sometimes a teammate can say something, you know, just uh, you skate over subtly or grab him on the bench. But, hey, man, if that happens again, you go for it. I got your back. Beautiful. Like you, you know, I and like that it. way you're not telling him, hey, you should fight. Right. He'd say, you go for it. Like, if, if you do that, I got your back. And, you know, like the young guys would always be a little bit nervous. And you say, hey, look, if you go after that guy and it gets out of control, meaning like the guy's beating the tar out of you, I'll just jump in. I'll take third man in. I don't care. Right. And, you know, it'll end or whatever. You, two guys go in. or it, There's ways to get around it. And, like I said, it's not, this is not the end-all, be-all to the series. But if Nico Mikola is going to play a regular role in this whole thing which he might have to he's probably gonna have to you have to have the opposition fearful of when he's on the ice all right i'm asking this question and i'm not asking this question because i think this is what they we should do i'm just asking this question to be a responsible podcaster about the st louis blues 
Is there any thought at all about switching goaltenders for tomorrow? I'm not advocating. I think Huso should be the guy. I'm just saying you give up six goals, even though one of them is an empty netter. Anything there? No. Nope. No, he was so just... great in game one. Well, what would be the reason is what I would say. is like If you looked at the game last night, you're like, oh, boy, he sure would like to have those goals back. There really isn't. No. Nope. You know, he's hung out to dry on a couple. Uh, the one where the puck's bouncing around the crease behind him, like the one-timer across the crease, like there's not a whole heck of a lot he can do. Yeah. Uh, I, I I think that if that was the case, Craig Berube would have maybe put Bennington in at the end of the game yesterday and then said, okay, you know, experiment A is over. We're going to go with, you know, Jordan Bennington now. I don't see that happen. I don't see the reason for it to happen. All right. And speaking of goalies, one of your tweets uh, post game was also that Fleury looked good but never looked 100% comfortable. Keep shooting. So explain that. And also, how do you know when a goalie doesn't look 100% comfortable? Well, the eye test for me is how, how much time do they spend in the blue paint and how much time are they sliding out of the blue paint? And so when I watched Marc Andre Fleury in game one, he was sliding all over the place. And for a reference point for some of our listeners and for you guys too, is in 2019, when Jordan Binnington was incredible, we used to talk about how quiet he was in the crease. What does it mean? It means it's limited movements to get the job done, and he's never out of position to make the second save. Marc-Andre Fleury is neither of those things. He's flying around out there. I mean, he is pushing left to right, selling out the farm, and then mm-hmm. when it hits him, it goes wherever, and he's three feet outside the net, and he's pushing back, sliding back the other way, hoping he gets a piece of the puck. The puck hits him. It's exploding. There's four or five saves he made. He didn't even know he had the puck. He's looking around behind him. The puck is kind of under his pad. So when I watch him play, he's getting in front of the pucks, but it's not sustainable. Not In my opinion, it's not sustainable to continue to have success when you're just throwing yourself around out there. So in my opinion, the Blues continue to get pucks to the net, more bodies to the net, because the pucks are going to be laying there. You're going to get your opportunities. So although he won the game, although he made some saves, it wasn't it did not look like he was comfortable at all in that game. Well, I mean, they, it didn't look like he, you know, the reason that they won wasn't because of Marc-Andre Fleury. No, the shots on goal will tell that story. So, like, if you picked up the stats today, didn't see the game, picked up the stats, and you saw the 30-some shots and the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury only gave up two goes, like, oh, boy, the flower's back. So that's what the stats say. But when you watch it and you look at it, like, Nothing looked routine for him. Like you got to look into Juan Yepes' uh, first two hits. They were doubles, <laughs> but they weren't laser beams. Jeff, so what doubles, I'm saying. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you know, man, I don't know if they practice today or if they meet up today. You know what's the what's the message when the guys see each other? I would assume that it's calm, cool, collected city. We just need to go back to work tomorrow night. It is for the most part. I think that it's human nature right now inside that locker room that they're wondering about the D situation. Mm-hmm. Who Who's playing D? I mean, you, you have to be wondering about that if Bortuzzo's out long-term, if uh, Nick Letty's out long-term, if Marco Scandella is still day-to-day, and Steven, the great Santini, if he's going to play. You know, like, things change, man. They, they change. The good news is is you're back on home ice for the next two games. It gives you uh, last change for the matchups. So you'll get a bit of an advantage there, and hopefully by doing that you can limit some of the damage of the matchups. But then by the end of this two games, maybe you get some healthy bodies back too. Do you uh, still have a text on uh, Bryce Salvador by chance? <laughs> Just 
throw them in the press box <laughs> let's just in go. case. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, man, we don't want to throw them in the press box. Well, let's, get him in the, yeah, okay. let's get them suited up. Let's go. Don't text any of the old guys. And tell you, we'd all jump at the opportunity. Uh, sure, yeah, we'd all yeah, say yes. Yeah. I'll be there in a half hour. <laughs> Got my gear in the car. <laughs> so uh, one of the things I think that was um, – incredibly impressive to me over the course of these first couple of games. And I know that this is like a duh thing for hockey fans all over, but a couple of those youngsters on that Minnesota wild team are absolutely tremendously fantastic to watch. That Fiala kid is unbelievable. He's um, puked though. I'm getting tired of him. Yeah, yeah no. Said that before. Yeah. yeah I he, he's that. every scrum. He's acting like he's Timmy tough guy. And he, I, I don't know if he's ever, ever done anything aggressive, let alone fight. But now because the referees involved every scrum, he's acting like he's in guys faces. Yesterday when it got out of hand, I was like, somebody just grab him. Please yeah. just grab him. Grab him and ragdoll him, please. Well, but I mean, do you think that? I mean, is that something that you know maybe he gets on Braden Shin's bad list or something? And I'm not even going to talk about how much I love Braden Shin. No, and please. And how do. much that dude last night, man. <laughs> First of all, I bet you right now that dude is playing with like a broken leg, two broken ribs, and he's still going out there and playing at 110. Uh-huh. percent You couldn't stand up right now if the if the building was on fire, could you? No, dude. If I would run out of that, I couldn't run out of the building. <laughs> There's no way. There's Big no fan. way. Big but fan. but but I mean. You know, at at this point, though, the Blues have to be really careful, I guess, about that sort of thing. You can't single anybody out. You still have to really play smart. The way they're calling all these penalties, man, I mean, you can't really no, kind of... You, I get it. You can't, you can't do the dumb stuff, um, but there is lots you can do during the play within the rules. You know, you can make sure, like Braden Shen, you're talking about your buddy Shenner. He had an unbelievable hit on Fiala behind the net. That was all within the rules of the game. It was during the play. It was exactly what you'd like it to be. Sent a message. Fiala's going to keep his head up. Next time he comes ripping around the net, he's going to go, okay, where the heck is that Shen guy? Right, right. You know, that's kind of what I'm talking about. And then when the game gets out of control, when it does get to 5-2 or whatever, and Fiala's still out there trying to toe-drag guys, I don't see that as a bad time to, oh, I don't know, send a message. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. Talk about Jordan Kairos came last night. I liked it. Yeah. I did. It feels like it was the first time in a minute that, like, we were hearing his name said a lot, him being active in the plays, him making plays on his mm-hmm. own. You know, the, one of the things that I watch for is, I think you mentioned it either here or on the fast lane, is that he needs to get the puck and go. Yeah, he's got to get the feet moving. Yeah. His biggest problem that he fell into, or the trap that he fell into, is he'd get the puck and stop skating and be looking to, like, like make a play because he's a super skilled guy. Now he wants to pass the puck and do the thing. No. Get it and go. You are a super skilled guy. Absolutely. But your number one skill, your number one superpower is your speed. Go. Mm. Two hard strides. Like I like coaching growing up, I me, mean, my dad growing up used to say that all the time as a defenseman. He'd go, Oh, you pass the puck D to D, take two hard strides up the ice. Always make it seem like you're gonna go for it. And, you know, they'll either back off or whatever. Somebody has to come and get you. And if they don't, then you skate with it. So Jordan Cairo's same theory is Get the puck, even if it's in his own zone, he pulls it out of a pile, two or three hard strides up the ice. Because if nobody comes to him, he's gone. And if they do come to him, now he can make a play. But for me, I liked his involvement in the game. You did hear his name a lot more. He was digging along the wall. He was in the trenches. He got a couple of good shots on net. He obviously scores a goal last night. So that was nice to see that uh, that kind of game. Because it had been a while since we had a game where, like, man, Kyrie looked good. Th- that's really yeah. true. Yeah. So, so, like, when it comes to a guy like Jordan Kyrie that's really seemingly had two different seasons in one season, that's just a pro- – this is dumb. I know that this is dumb because I know the answer to this. But that's just a product of him being young and being immature and still and still learning the game, right? Bernie, it's not just about being young. 
So don't be hard on yourself, seriously, because there's guys that play their whole career like that and never figure it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it, it sometimes has nothing to do with youth. Sometimes it's just uh, self-awareness, coaching, and sometimes it's hockey IQ, recognizing that, hey, I'm not doing what I should be doing. Play with so many guys that were that guy for their entire career where they were like, oh, man, like, look at this guy. Man, I called them poison, those guys, because they would give you a glimpse of what they could be, and, man, did you like it. Man, did you like it. You yeah. wanted more of it. And then it would go away for like five or six mm, games. That's a drug that we used to call Ty Ratty. <laughs> okay, you're not far off on uh-huh. that one. And then all of a sudden, that great game again. Oh, my God, there it is. Just when we were ready to give up on this guy. Oh, this is why we don't. And then it would disappear. And I'm like, these guys made a career out of it. They play five, six, seven years of being poisonous because they play one good game out of every six or seven. And, you know, it doesn't matter how old they are. So, uh, Jordan Cairo has had a fantastic season. A little bit of a dip in the road in the last part, last quarter of the season. Um, but that I will attribute to youth. Uh, but it's nice to see him now getting his legs back under him and having a good game in game two. Hopefully that carries forward. And uh, speaking of a dip, and tell me if I'm wrong here because I didn't get to watch the whole game, the uh, Buchnevich, that line seems to have cooled off. A little bit. And, uh, and was it, were they just due to cool off? I mean, Tarasenko still had what um, – I think he had a goal and an assist at the end of the oh, game. Okay, Thomas had an assist. Uh, forget what Booch ended up with. They they did some damage, uh, but the problem is that they were matched up against the Minnesota uh, checking line. And the Minnesota checking line, the one guy had like three or four points. Oh wow! Okay. Well, Felino had a goal. Erickson Eck had two goals. He almost had three. Uh, like they. They oh, got, he did get the hat trick, didn't he? No, I think he did get the hat trick. No. Oh, he just, didn't. It was offside. Oh, that's right. They threw the hat trick. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. The yeah, ice great. was flooded with hats. And then I they hope were like, that happens in Nashville, too. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. And they took it Cowboy back. Hat. And then Kaprizov, he went what? and scored his hat trick. So I couldn't believe anybody had hats attitude. left after that. <laughs> that is actually. Impressive. I called it out last night on the Bally's broadcast. <laughs> Kaprizov scores his hat trick, and all of a sudden there's more hats. I go, look at that. I go, obviously there's a few that weren't totally committed to the right. first hat trick. Right. <laughs> the heck is wrong Unless with you people? Everybody ran to the gift shop real quick. So um, I, I want to talk about this uh, real briefly before we get done. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, 8.30 start time for the Blues and Minnesota, game number three. And joining Alex Ferrario for the pregame, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Oh, my God. Yeah. You guys be down Enterprise? What? Yeah. You know what's hilarious and what's great is the fast lane will be broadcasting right before you guys at Enterprise Center from two to six. I will be handing off my headset. In the same to you studio guys. and everything. Yes. So well, how cool is that? We'll be literally like handing off the baton to you guys. Well, if we get there so a couple hand, minutes early, can we say sanitizer. hey? I would expect that you would. I like it. Yeah, me too. And this is last night, so I was folding laundry and I was thinking about this tomorrow night, and I'm saying in my head, "All right, Donnie, when you get up there into that press box." It is professional time. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. It is professional time. Are you staying for the game? In oh, the, yeah. Absolutely. Are you so. doing like intermissions too and yes. stuff? Yeah. Yes. Okay, so now you got you to gotta be professional. Yes. Okay. I've done it before. Big question again. What are you wearing? Uh, well, I actually got a new pair of pants. Okay, but what do they look pair. like though? Because oh, no, I can like, buy a new pair of pants from some. It doesn't I mean they're nice. I need to, I need to specify for the yeah. smart Are they in the room. I understand. Well, what they if they were slacks? What if they were sweatpants? That's okay. Okay, Jamie, you're right, but what are the chances that I'm going to wear sweatpants in the effing press box when I go to the Blues well, game? You know what, Donnie? Effing press box? Obviously, there's enough of a chance to, for the reason that I'm asking you, okay, what you're wearing. Dude, don't get us thrown off the thing. Before we, but, I, but I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't be that okay, guy. I derailed you. What are you wearing, Donnie? Oh, no, man, I'm just going to wear, like, I got black slacks. 
I got a white dress shirt. I got black dress shoes. Mm-hmm. I might throw on a tie there. Oh, see, oh. we did. The, we went through this last time. Do yeah, we tie, or, tie not or not tie. tie? We don't have to do the tie. We can just do the dress shirt with the. What about thing a bolo? Tie? I will. You beat me to it. <laughs> Damn it. I don't or have an one. ascot. But that would be a good call me. I'll go Dicky. No. I bet you will. Listen, Stop anybody it. that wears an ascot in that press box should get their ass kicked. Yeah. Like that is, ascot, that, ass kicked. That, that should oh, just okay. not be something. I can't wait for Doug Armstrong to walk in with an ascot tomorrow. <laughs> uh, dude, that's all right. Well, because I have seen him. So I think we've been up there two different times. And I have seen him up there both times. And I mean, you talk about the person that you that has the facial expression that you will not ever walk up to no. for any reason uh-uh. at all. Do you think it he wonders business. I think he wonders who the hell are these two up here? A hundred percent. I don't blame him and I feel bad. Yeah, for it. You know they're what too I mean? old to be Kerber's kids. Uh, <laughs> right. let's see, maybe some of Joey's friends from college. Oh, all it is, I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, all it is is uh in the in the studio booth there, out to the bathroom and get a soda. Back in, I don't make eye contact yeah. with anybody when I'm outside of the booth. Like, you know what they like in the playoffs, especially for real. What they like is um, the other team along, you know, the, along the wall over there. Like when you walk up before you get to the booths, yeah. you have the whole wide open area. Well, that will all be designated for other teams like scouting staff. And then further down, it'll be like the extra players for the opposite, the visiting team. They really like when the media come out and they go down and ask for autographs from the. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. They love, or or they get an impromptu interview like in their. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Excuse uh, me, they Mr. love Pronger? that. Oh my god. While we're in commercial, do you mind? But yeah. can you? Okay, seriously, this is all a joke and it's fun, and I like to think about. Oh man, what a great opportunity to get an autograph, which I would never ever do. But can you think about the people that have done that? Oh, that have that, that will go up there and will think it. it's it's yeah. it's chuckle time, you know? Oh yeah. Because when we were up there for the preseason. We saw Ryan O uh-huh. and Dave Perron and like all of these guys, and I was just like, "Man, this is awesome!" But if we were at West County Mall right now, right. I'd still be getting your autograph. <laughs> if we were at Spinning Wheels yeah. right now, I feel like that was a cheap shot. No. I feel like that was a cheap shot. I feel like it was Why a little so sensitive. I think we took a turn. Why am I there. so sensitive? Yeah, seriously, Donnie? I am just kidding. Now, Jeff, we didn't find out who you'll be wearing for the game. Oh, oh yeah. Um, I, I, it may, I may be uh, uh, one of my favorite lines, uh, George. Maybe you guys have heard of oh, the yes, George, George line. Oh, yes, George. Yes, big at Walmart. <laughs> Funny story about that. Uh, continue. I have a story about that. Continue. Yeah, that's all the further I've got. Okay. Yeah. So I was doing a hockey clinic uh, out of town one time, and Fox Sports Midwest at the time called me and said, uh, I think Bernie maybe got sick or something happened. And I said, hey, we need you to jump on the broadcast. I'm like, well, I'm in, I forget where I was, Iowa somewhere. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll get my car. But I was barely going to get to the broadcast. So I went to a Walmart in Iowa and uh, bought myself a blazer, a shirt, and a tie. George. From nice. Walmart. Yeah, that's it. Because I was like, I'm not going to go to a real store. It's going to cost yeah. me an arm and a leg yeah. for something that I don't even care how well it fits. It just has to fit. I believe I'm wearing George's right now. Actually. And uh, I went, so I went to Walmart and got a, a blazer, a white shirt. I can't screw up a white no, shirt, yeah, right? Uh-uh. And it was a very simple tie. Didn't mean bother getting pants because I'm like, I'm just going to sit behind the desk. And I wore pants, what, just not. Was it the tie-shirt combo in, wrapped together? Wrapped together. No. Oh, no, okay. I went independent for that one. Do they yeah. sell those like that, like that there? Oh, yeah, man. It's like pl- 
plastic wrap t- shirt and tie. I'm not joking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm sure it, it makes Kohl's, sense. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's like literally yeah. like buying a bag of chips. And like, look at me crinkle, being crinkle, like, crinkle. Yeah. And look at me being the snooty guy that's right. not that's not going to buy a shirt and tie together. Who the hell am I? I yeah, wear right. band t-shirt six out of seven days in a week. <laughs> but I wore it, pulled it off, um, and I, I I think I may have left all of. Actually, I did. I left it all at the studio. Yeah. And just basically said, if anybody ever gets a stain on a shirt or their tie or forget something, this is like community. Go. Stuff now, so right. it's still down there. Man, Jamie Rivers, the giver. Yep, ladies Turn and gentlemen, right do, do we deserve him? I don't think so. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the Last Minute Blues podcast. Donnie Fandango, Jeff Burton, Jamie Rivers. As always, thank you very much for listening. Game three tomorrow night. As always, let's go Blues. The Last Minute Blues podcast. Hear more at one hundred five seven thepointcom Powered by Together Credit Union, empowering you to achieve your financial goals. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.